At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the HHC and to have for his first time on the podcast, Gerald Henderson, former Hornets player, current broadcaster, uh, making his Hornets Hivecast debut. Gerald, thanks so much. Sam, thanks for having me on, man. Happy to be here, brother. It is good to have you. It was good to meet you over the first couple weeks of the season, although certainly odd circumstances because, you know, we only get to see half of each other's faces. Uh, you're a lot more recognizable than I am. but <laughs> A little bit taller, too. A little bit taller, too. But it, It's just very strange times to be working in. How has it been for you so far? Because even though uh, you're a former player, obviously, with a lot of relationships in the organization, it's still a a people business one where you like to meet and interact with people and that's just not possible these days yeah i I think that's been the biggest change this year doing the pre-game and post-game show you know not having just the fans but you know i've been here a player for six years have lived here since 2009 so i other than just the fans i just know everybody in the organization so that's been a big change it's just not seeing people come into the games you know that was one of the fun things that was was uh you know good about coming to the games is just being able to interact with people obviously I'm there working but just shooting the breeze with people for a couple minutes was was uh just part of the gig and one of the reasons you know I've been doing this for three years but it is a little different this year um it's just basketball so you know I obviously love watching basketball and covering the team so um, it's we still make it fun, but you gotta you gotta create a lot of your own energy, man. That's for sure. You are not that far removed from being a player, so all of your relationships on the court are still fresh. What do you hear from 
former teammates, current players in the league about what it's really like being in this bubble? Well, yeah, I've talked to a couple guys. You know, it's just different now. now this bubble that they have going on right now is a, is a bit different than the bubble they did when they did the actual restart of last season. You know, not as not as locked down, not as confined into one place, but still restrictions on on what they can do, who they can be around, especially on the road. You know, it's, it's there's still some pretty strict rules implemented there, and all for good reason. But you can see clearly at this point, the results are different in terms of just the overall player health. They're in the bubble on the reboot. You know, they had no tests after that initial test that they had. They had no tests come back positive, and now, you know, there seems to be, you know, a different team every few days who has to do some contact tracing. So, you know, it's clearly, I think it's something they expected, but uh, clearly it's, it's, a different, it's a different animal. So, you know, those guys have had to deal with that, but it's all, it's all part of it. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I've, I've seen some chatter about it, if they potentially put the season on a pause just to kind of get everybody healthy in terms of, you know, COVID and whatever, maybe get the, um, the numbers down. And, you know, this kind of wave after the holiday season, I think, is, is a lot of the reason why these guys are getting sick as well. When you say, you know, get the numbers down, does that mean in your, in your mind, from what you've heard, within the NBA or nationally? Because, you know, the, the bubble was brilliantly run. It was, you know, a tribute to the ingenuity of the NBA to find a solution that would work, that would keep cases to, as you said, zero. It was a remarkable accomplishment. But I don't think anyone expected that going to home markets and traveling and having fewer restrictions, there wouldn't be cases. So what kind of uh, risk tolerance, I guess, is there or do you think should be there for the NBA, given that we're not going into a bubble right now? I still think that that has to be played out. I just don't know if they have any idea how really bad it could get. I know that, you know, I think the expectation – you know, that I would think is that they would do it so that the overall numbers just nationally go down is because I, I don't think these guys are getting it amongst themselves. They're getting it because they're mingling with, with friends and family that are bringing it from other places or going out to restaurants or whatever it may be. You know, it's coming in from the outside because those numbers are have skyrocketed, especially during this time. So I'm not sure that the there was a high expectation that guys wouldn't get it. I, I think they wanted to see kind of how bad would it be? Could they manage it? And to this point, I think they've managed it well. But, you know, if it, if it continues or if it gets worse, I think there could potentially be a change. I would agree with you. I think they're, they've put in every protocol in place to make playing in home markets as safe as possible. It's just a reality of how widespread the disease is. Unless you go into a bubble and zero out as much of the risk as possible. And we're in a league where it's a wide swath of 
players in terms of where they are in their lives. You got 19, 20 year old rookies who, like we all did when we were 19 and 20, probably feel a little invincible. And not to say that everyone, you know, in that age group is breaking them. I'm just saying, you know, that's that's a reality of where we all are or were in that time of our lives. And then you've got guys that are in their early 30s who have families and have different levels of concern. I absolutely agree. You know, it's just it's just a tough thing. I mean, humans are humans. <laughs> I'm not sure that humans have been designed to just like follow the rules. You know, it's it's a, it's a tough thing to do. And, and then there's 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 circumstances where you know you get it from a, a friend. You know, they I, I don't know all the rules, but I can't imagine that these guys aren't allowed to be around their families. So what are their families not allowed to go anywhere, be around anybody? Uh, they go to the grocery store. Somebody's wife goes to the grocery store. You know, she gets something on her hands and then she gets sick. You know, what are you going to do about that? You know, there's there's nothing that can be done. And I'm, I'm sure stuff like that has been happening with these players. You know, so so what are you, what are you really going to do? But, you know, just, a, just as an example, now this is maybe an extreme example, but, you know, I, I woke up this morning and I'm seeing Alabama wins the national championship and then – in the middle of the pandemic, I guess in Alabama, the whole school looked like they were out on one street, just kind of hugging it out. I didn't see any masks out there. It's like, um, you know, they're, they're young kids. They're not thinking about these things. Now, these, we're not dealing with college kids, but you're dealing with college age kids who have maybe some different thinking than, you know, some more mature people. So, you know, it's just, it's just a tough thing to deal with. It's very true. Very true. We're talking to Gerald Henderson today here on the Hornets Hivecast, former Hornets player and current broadcaster. And a reminder, you can watch him and Eric Collins and Del Curry and Ashley Shamedy and the entire crew each and every game on Fox Sports Southeast as well as the Fox Sports Go app. Or you can listen to the game with me, Sam Farber, on WFNZ and the Hornets mobile app. Gerald, we, we use the podcast typically on, on these days, on game days, to preview the game. And we are going to talk about the contest against the Mavericks, which as of this taping is still on schedule to go. But seeing as this is our, our first time meeting each other uh, in terms of the podcast, first time having you on, I'm curious a little bit more about you and, and what drew you to Charlotte. Obviously, you're drafted by this organization. You play in North Carolina for Duke and, and you know, had a, a great career there. What made Charlotte be a place that wasn't just somewhere that you were drafted to and decided to go to college for, but a place you wanted to spend your life? Well, after playing here for six years, um, you know, I bought a house here in 2012, I believe, maybe 2013. And, you know, I spent the first six summers, my first six summers here and really made it home then. You know, I could have I could have went obviously anywhere. I'm, I'm from Philly. You know, they have great summers, hot summers, but I just like the the speed of North Carolina, the speed of Charlotte. Duke is right up the road, you know, 2 hours away. So when I was playing, it was perfect to be able to go up there and train and spend some time up there. You know, I met met my wife here. You know, we got our family now and we just like the the speed of the city, man. You know, it's she she wants to go live somewhere where it's warm all the time. I don't have to have that, you know. As long as there's ten good golf months, I'm pretty situated. But you know, I just like the speed, man. There's you know, there's 
when when COVID's not around, there's there's places to go, there's some things to do, but there's not too much action. It's just, um, you know, it's not super South living, but it's kind of uh, slower than where I'm from or where Philadelphia is more city life. So I think it's just a great place to, you know, raise kids, to, to raise a family. And uh, I just I just love the city. I think there's a perception amongst uh, a lot of fans nationally that most athletes in basketball and across a lot of sports tend to live in L.A. or New York or, you know, these major hubs. But I found it interesting in my career just, you know, meeting different people in different sports. Some of these cities that are major league cities that you might not think would be the the first choice end up being a lot of players' first choice. Like there's a lot of football and baseball players and and now far-removed basketball players who played in Seattle and absolutely loved it and made their lives there. And it feels like Charlotte has that similar kind of pull that, you know, it might not be somewhere that people who haven't been here before think of. But once you are here, you almost don't want to tell anyone else because you don't want the secret to get out. Right. Uh, I've got that feeling from guys. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of you know guys that I've met over these last couple of years as, as I've retired, not just in basketball, tons of basketball guys, but just football guys, baseball guys, like you mentioned, that love the city. I mean, when you're you're living a life where you're always traveling, there's always something going on. You know, when, you, when it's an off season, you may get to chill for a little bit, but then, you know, you're on the move, working out, training. Uh, a lot of guys did spend, I, I spent some summers or some time in the summer uh, in LA training. Miami training, you know, I think, you know, especially when you're younger and you're, you're single, like it's, it's fun. It's fun to move around. It's fun to have a lot of action going on, but you know, now that life has slowed down, you know, a place that's, that's a little bit slower is more conducive to, you know, the path you're trying to go on as a, as a dad, as a husband. Duke in North Carolina being right down the road. How much of a pull is there to go back to a community, you know, from college? You know, certainly as a, as a free agent, I can see guys wanting to do that. You know, I got drafted here, so it was kind of like a, you know, just an ironic thing. But, you know, for me living back here, uh, coming back here after I was done playing, certainly being close to close to Duke was a cool thing for me. You know, I mean, I, I, could, I could live in a couple different places. I mean, I'm not, like, married to any one place. But having my school where I can go back and, you know, watch some games, you know, spend some time. I got, I got, you know, a few of my best, my best buddies still uh, coaching at Duke. Uh, guys I played with, guys, you know, become uh, my really good friends, Chris Carrawell, John Shire, Nolan Smith, Nate James, all those guys. You know, I've spent a lot of time with in my life. So being close to them keeping close contact with them, at least for me, has is, is, is been a big deal. Gerald Henderson, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. A reminder, you can watch him on the pregame, halftime, postgame show for almost every Hornets game on Fox Sports Southeast in the Fox Sports Go app. You can also hear the games on WFNZ and the Hornets mobile app. Gerald, it's a game night. Hornets taking on Dallas, at least as of this taping. Everything is on schedule. Uh, Hornets 
definitely got the better of the Mavericks, one of their early big wins of the season, uh, and relatively speaking, holding Luka Doncic in check. What are your expectations for this one? I expect to see the same Hornets. I think, you know, what we've seen here over their last four wins is some consistent play. That's kind of what we've been hoping for over the last couple seasons. I don't think that they've had the the right group for that. They've either been too young, you know, too inexperienced, or just just not good enough. And now I feel like they have a group. I'm not saying that they're ready to go win a championship this year, but uh, you know, you add you add Gordon Hayward, you add Terry Rozier. You know, now he's I, I believe in his what sixth season, fifth season. And he's he's a true vet now. You know, last year he had his best year. Now he's topping that this year, playing even even better, more efficiently. Uh, so maturation there. Um, you know, a bunch of guys I feel like have just gotten better. So you know, as as they keep going, you know, I expect consistency from them, and that's what you've gotten from the from the best player in Gordon Hayward. Uh, he's played so consistent this year, so. I expect them to come out and do the same thing. I mean, they they beat Dallas pretty handily in Dallas. Was that a couple weeks ago? And, you know, you're, you're playing a team who is expected to do really well in the West. Obviously, Luka Doncic is a handful, and I'm sure I'll remember, you know, a few weeks ago. No doubt about that. The, the team is playing such excellent team basketball. I mean, you've got guys like P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges where one night they can score 20 the next night they might score two or four, but their role, their minutes aren't that diminished. It's just, are the shots coming to them and they have the unselfishness to take them or not take them as is needed. How rare is that in the NBA where, you know, points equals money, points equals dollars and, you know, passing up shots in a season could be perceived by a player as, well, this is going to hurt my bank account later on down the line. You, you got to have a, an awful lot of buy-in to get the entire team to play this way. Yeah, well, you'll see on a lot of good teams, and, you know, teams are built differently. But, you know, I think about, like, a Miami Heat team, you know, some of the teams they had, you know, they're winning a couple of championships. You think about, like, some of the Spurs teams in the past where they have different guys over the years come in and, like, fill roles, you know, and they're big parts of the team. You know, some games they'll take more shots, some games they won't. You know, but they have their role in there. They're going to come in there and play defense. They're going to play whatever that team is doing. However style they play, they're going to fit into that perfectly. So when you talk about the Hornets, you know, you got guys like you got you got more weapons this year than I think they've ever had. So sometimes, you know, there's just not enough basketballs to go around for everybody to have a great game every game. It's just not going to happen. But what you can have is a certain style that everybody feeds into, you know, and then you have to be prepared when the ball does come to you to knock down shots, right? If if you, you get in the game and, okay, some nights I may get 12, 15 shots if I'm P.J. Washington, okay? Uh, other games, man, I may get seven, eight shots, okay? I may get less, but, okay, what am I doing? Am I still doing my rebounding? I'm defending no matter what. I'm um, still making the right plays, you know, maybe when I don't have the shot or when defense converges on me um, because that's our style. So no matter what, I actually, uh, the actual shots that I get or the opportunities I get, 
I'm still feeding into the team concept. And you've seen that with the best teams where guys just really don't care, not about how they're playing. They care about how they're playing, but they don't care about who really gets the credit for the success and, you know, having the big game or whatnot. I think the Hornets have a bunch of those guys. And I'll, I'll tell you the guy that sticks out the most is uh, Devontae Graham. Uh, I mentioned on our show last night, you know, there's been so much talk from the media about how he may be shooting the ball right now. You know, he's in a shooting slump. Coach Borrego's talked about it. You know, we've talked about it on our show. And the one person that hasn't said anything about Devontae's shooting slump is Devontae, right? Maybe he said it in an interview that I missed. But I just feel like the kid shows up to work every single day. He's consistent with his work, okay? He comes in to the games. He shoots the same shots, right? None of them, you know, he's, he typically shoots the shots that he can make. No matter what, he's playing defense. No matter what, he's passing the basketball. He had a seven-assist game last night, and he's had multiple high-assist games here in this first three weeks, and he does no complaining. You know, he has a different role. He's not getting as many touches, not as many shots as he was last year in his breakout year. But there's 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 absolutely nothing negative you get from that kid. And that's the kind of players that you want on your team, right? The Hornets are over 500, right? They're doing fine. He just comes to work, and he's just worried about the team's success. If he can play better, okay, well, shoot, let me get in this gym so I can knock down the opportunities that I do get. And um, he's taking that mindset. And that, that's the kind of guys you want on your team. No doubt about that. We're, we're just about at the end of our time here, but we have to ask you about the rookie, LaMelo Ball. He has captivated the city and, to a certain degree, the entire NBA. The one question I want to ask you, you know, in your career going to Duke, coming to the NBA, there was always, you know, let's call it a, a development year or an adjustment year where you weren't playing as many minutes, you know, maybe getting used to that level, and then the next year things really took off for you. LaMelo is not needing to adjust to anything. How rare is this for a 19-year-old who, you know, is competing against fully developed 28, 29, 30-year-olds who can withstand the physical and the mental pressure of this? How rare is this for such a young kid? It is extremely rare, I think, what he's, what he's done thus far. You know, he has just a certain knack for the basketball. It's been talked about now in these first few weeks, and whether it be, you know, scoring, which I've seen more shooting and scoring for him than I thought we would this early, uh, whether it be, you know, his rebounding of the basketball, which has impressed me. He, he, he gets his nose in there and just figures out a way to get the basketball, you know, and that's not just in rebounding. It's loose balls. It's, it's you know, when guys have their hands around it, he seems to be the one that just grab it out quickly. Those are intangible skills that you, it's hard to teach. You know, he attributed, he said in his interview the other day, to playing a lot of 21, a lot of roughhouse, which I actually, I said on our show last, uh, a couple nights ago, that that's a real thing. Like, <laughs> roughhouse at uh, 21, are games that you play, you're, you're, you're by yourself, but you're playing against 10, you know, maybe maybe 12 other guys. So you can mess around. If you're not aggressive and going to get the basketball, you may not touch the basketball for 10 minutes. So, you know, and then playing with his brothers, I'm sure he's, he's playing that uh, all growing up. I like it more than anything because of his, his style, his attitude, the way he approaches the game. 
nothing seems to really phase him. He's always kind of next play. If he if he makes a bad turnover, which you're going to see here as he continues to go, um, him learning when he can kind of pull off some of those flashy plays, you know. But when he does make a mistake, it's just on to the next play, right? So I was just really describe him, and he said it himself. I just describe him as a hooper, man. He 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 really has a great attitude as a hooper. I I really think the sky's the limit for him. You know, his his jump shot, though not technically sound. I think with some improvements, you'll you'll see more consistency with it. He's shooting the ball great right now. But, um, you know, time will tell if, if that'll hold up. But he's certainly got a, uh, a bright future ahead of him. He most certainly does. Gerald, I appreciate so much you taking the time. We kept you even a little bit over, but there's an awful lot to talk to you about. And hopefully, uh, you know, maybe a few weeks or a month from now, we can get you back on again. All right, Sam. Thank you, man. I enjoyed it. Our sincere thanks to Gerald Henderson, former Hornets player and current broadcaster on the Fox Sports Southeast crew for joining us here today. And thanks to all of you as well. For everyone here on the Hornets Hivecast, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you. And we will talk to you tomorrow, breaking down tonight's game, at least as of now, it's still scheduled to happen tonight, against the Dallas Mavericks.